Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. What kind of yeast do you have in yourself? Do you have the yeast of religion? Or the yeast of the world? Or do you have the yeast of Jesus in you? Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 8 and see what the Lord has to say in these verses. afternoon and welcome to another teaching. Today we're going to be discussing Mark chapter 8 verses 14 to 21. It's, uh, it's entitled The Yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. It's an exhortation by Jesus that has some uh, just incredibly profound principles uh, uh, for us in our lives today. So we're going to read verses 14 to 21. And uh, Miss Esther, hopefully you're, you're going to be paying attention real close. Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the son of God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we study your word. Open our hearts that we might truly receive your word through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we love you. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Verses 14 to 21, Mark 8. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? Pretty, uh, pretty incredible eight verses here. And, you know, when we look at them closely, we often, when we're reading the Word of God, you know, we just read it and we just keep on reading and, and we don't take time to really think about what the Word of God is, is, is really there for. And uh, Romans 15 4 says that everything that was written in the past, which this was certainly written in the past, was written to teach us or instruct us. So the entire Bible, this is not just here to be uh, an amusing story or a cool story about Jesus's uh, frustration with his disciples' uh, inability or unwillingness to remember or understand. This is here to teach us and instruct us. And so we want to see what it has for us. So although it's just eight verses, when we read them carefully, we'll see We'll see profound principles for us to, to apply to our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them 
in the boat. Verse 15. Now, verse 15 is the center of this entire teaching. Verse 15 is why we have this teaching. So you'll notice that Jesus is going to take the opportunity. Okay. Verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Verse 15, be careful. Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. So think about that verse. They, they had forgotten to bring bread, and Jesus is going to use this as an opportunity to instruct them. And his instruction is to be careful. Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Now look at verse 16. It says, They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. How is it possible that they came to that conclusion? How do 12 guys have a Bible study? Remember, when Jesus spoke in verse 15, he was speaking the word of God. So they all come together. 12 guys come together and they're trying to think about what Jesus just said. Jesus just told them, be careful. Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And after 12 guys come together and put all their heads together, they come to the conclusion, they discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. How is that possible that they could take what Jesus said to watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod and to think, how do they actually think that Jesus is talking about them not having any physical bread to eat? And Jesus is going to have the same problem. Aware of their discussion, verse 17, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? How is it possible that these 12 guys could so completely and totally misunderstand Jesus that they can conclude that when he tells them to watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod, that they conclude that he's talking about them not having enough physical bread. Clearly, that's not what Jesus is talking about. It's not even in close. It's not even in the ballpark. So the first principle here is that, that we are capable of so badly misunderstanding the word of God. Jesus spoke to them. And when Jesus speaks, it is the word of God. Jesus is God. Verse 15, that's the word of God. Now, the whole Bible is the word of God. So when he said that to, the, to them 2,000 years ago, that was the word of God. And they were trying to understand what he was saying, and they completely and totally missed it. Why did they miss it? They discussed this with one another, verse 16, and said, it is because we have no bread. The reason they miss it, number one, is that their minds are consistently and totally on the physical. Their minds are thinking about not having enough food for lunch. Jesus is speaking a profound principle. Look at verse 15. Be careful. Jesus warned them. Watch out. Okay? That's a double exhortation, right? Be careful. Watch out. And then the scripture says Jesus warned them. 
for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. So what does Jesus mean here? Because he's clearly not talking about physical bread at all. Apparently, they took the one word yeast and somehow completely translated what Jesus was saying from that one word. And you'll notice that Jesus rebukes them. The very fact that Jesus is going to rebuke them from uh, verse 17 all the way now to 21, what we can glean from that is that they did have the capacity to understand better. It's not that they couldn't understand, it's that they wouldn't understand. And sometimes we are just unwilling to understand, and it can have profound consequences. This is the word of God that Jesus is giving them, and they completely miss it. And all of us can relate to this at a certain level. How many times have we been reading our Bible and we we really have no idea what it's saying, right? What does he mean, though? Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. What is the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod? Well, what does yeast do, right? They would put yeast and it would spread throughout the bread, right? It would make the bread rise, right? What are the yeast of the Pharisees? The Pharisees were were religious people, but they had an, an outward performance that was not grounded in an inward devotion. Let me say that one more time. What, was the, what is the yeast of the Pharisee? To be a Pharisee, many of the Pharisees, most of the Pharisees of Jesus' day had a tremendous outward religion. If you were to look at them on the outside, they consistently looked perfect, like, like, like holy people. But their outward performance, how they looked on the outside, was not matched by an inward devotion to God. So when Jesus is telling you, and he's telling me, and he's telling his disciples to watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, that's something we want to watch out for. That is, Christians, that we truly do have an inward devotion to Jesus Christ, Stephen. That we truly do have a heart for Jesus, to love Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and to obey Jesus. And that that is reflected in a devotional life, that we do spend time with Jesus. We spend time in our Bibles. We spend time in prayer and in thanksgiving and in worship, right? We ought to have a moment-by-moment, day-by-day, ongoing relationship with Jesus. If your life today as a Christian is just about going to church on Sunday and that's all you do, then you want to watch out for this kind of yeast. And if, if you're in a place today where, where you were at one time really walking with Jesus in a substantial way, but now you just kind of have more of a, uh, just this of an outward reflection of that, but that inward desire for Jesus, that inward devotion to Jesus has faded, well, that's a place of repentance then. And this is, this is for, for you and this is for me. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. What is the, the yeast of Herod, Esther? 
Herod now was not a religious man, right? Herod was a, a worldly man who was attracted to the world and who was attracted to, to power and control. So many of us as Christians today, we're in relationship with Jesus. We've received Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, and we go to church. But at the same time, we have some of this yeast of Herod in us. We have this, we have this, this worldliness, this desire for the world and the things of the world and the power of the world and the control of the world. And so all of us want to, you want to read this verse like it was written to you and, and certainly it's written to me. Be careful. Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Uh, in your life today, look at these two things and look at where these things have gotten a hold of you. Look where you, you have an outward appearance of religion that isn't marked by an inward reality. And where you see that, you want to go to the Lord and repent. And just simply say, Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm sorry. I do see this pharisaical yeast. I do have this appearance on Sunday, like I'm this, this great church-going man or woman, but I have very little relationship with you at all, Lord Jesus. And so I ask you to help me, Lord Jesus, and I repent, and I ask you to forgive me, Lord. And if you have this yeast of Herod working in you, if you have really an increasing desire for the, the things of the world and the power of the world and the relationships of the world, then you want to go and, and also repent today and say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to help me, Lord Jesus. Uh, we can tell Jesus that it's hard, that Lord, the world is attractive to us. The things of the world are attractive. The people of the world can be attractive to us. And um, we, we just want to repent. You know, the biggest problem in our lives is not when we fail. It's not when we've done wrong. It's when we refuse to repent. When the Lord is speaking to us and we're just unwilling to repent. Repentance is the greatest tool in our toolbox. We get to go to our God. We can go to Jesus when we fail and just and admit it to him and say, Lord, I, I have failed. And I ask you to help me, Lord, to get back on track. I ask you to cleanse me, Lord, where I have, where I really have this, this pharisaical yeast in me, Lord, where I have this, I really have this lifestyle, Lord, where I project myself to be, to be more religious and devoted than I actually am. And, and Lord, I, I, I have this, uh, this, this yeast of Herod growing in me, Lord, this, uh, this desire for the things of the world and the attraction of the world and the power of the world and the relationships of the world and the notoriety of the world. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Mm, that's powerful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. We see here, as we already said in verse 16, that Jesus gives them this incredible principle that I just broke down. And this is what they say to it. They put all their minds together. Now, I just broke down to you what Jesus meant in verse 15, right? This incredible principle that we, that we really need to look at in our lives and to make the adjustments in our lives. But when the disciples together, 12 of them, put their minds together, they have a Bible study on verse 15. And what do they come up with? It's because we have no bread. 
I mean, that is ridiculous. But, but that, that can easily and has easily been us. How many times has the Lord been trying to speak to us something meaningful, something important? And all we're thinking about is that we don't have no bread. We don't have to have enough food for lunch. We are consistently caught up in the natural. Their minds are on natural concerns. Can we not all recognize that in our lives? What are your concerns about today? What are you missing the meaning of the word of God today? Where are you missing the heart of the word of God today? Because all your mind is on the natural. Because your mind is on lunch or on finances or on your job or on different earthly relationships or whatever it is. Our minds are consumed with these things when you ought to be consumed with Jesus Christ. I ought to be consumed with Jesus Christ. And because that, we miss the word of the Lord. We really do. Consistently. This is us. The most, one of the most profound things Jesus gives them, this incredible principle that they have to watch out for in their lives and that they have to be careful. And Jesus gives them this warning so that they won't get bogged down in these things, won't get uh, absorbed in these things. But what do they think he's talking about? It's because we have no bread. And Jesus is annoyed here. Verse 17, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread. I don't know how many times he's probably said that to me in my life. John, well, why are you talking about this? I have these incredible principles in the scripture to live by. The scripture is the living word of God meant to feed me and to feed my soul and my spirit. But my concerns are about everything in the natural. I'm hungry. I need some lunch. Why are you talking about having no bread, Tom. Jesse, why are you talking about having no bread? Verse 17, do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? The reason we miss the word of God, the reason that we're not desirous of the word of God, the reason we're not spending time in the word of God is because our hearts are hardened. And when we have concerns that are completely in the natural, when we have yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod, depending on the extent we have it, we don't desire the word of God. He asked them, verse 17, are your hearts hardened? The answer is yes to some extent. And why are they hardened? Why don't they understand? Do you still not see or understand? Verse 18, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? The answer is yes on all these questions. Jesus rebukes them at every one of these questions. And again, it's not like they couldn't help it. He wouldn't rebuke them if they couldn't help it. But they can help it. But their concerns are not on the word of God. Their concerns are not on the son of God. Our concerns are about everything else in this world. And I see it in my own life consistently, Lord. And, uh, and I ask you to forgive me, Lord, where I do not see or understand still. 
Jesus said, do you still not see or understand? Verse 17, after all he's done in your life, all he's done in my life, all the incredible blessings and favor that he's shown you in your life, do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Our hearts get hard when we have yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. He would not have told them to be careful and to watch out for it if it's not something that they were going to be having a struggle with. And it's certainly in there for you and I, especially me. You have eyes but fail to see. Yes, forgive us, Lord. Ears but fail to hear. Jesus is asking them these questions. They're rhetorical because the obvious answer is yes. How is it that he could give them the mo an incredible, profound principle and they think it's because they don't have any more physical bread? It's ridiculous. And again, we are capable ourselves of consistently missing the word of God and the heart of God for our lives because our concerns are everywhere else but where they should be. Verse 18, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? Think about that verse. And don't you remember those four words? Do you remember all that Jesus has done in your life? How often do you take the time to remember the goodness of God in your life, my sister? How often do you remember all that Jesus has done for you in every manner and in every way? Because the more you remember what Jesus has done, the more you remember his faithfulness. That's the way that you're not going to have this yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod in you, my brother. Verse 19, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. Why does he say that to them? Why does he tell them, verse 19, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12. He's reminding them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you not remember? Do you not remember how I took five loaves and I turned them into 5,000? Do you not remember after we fed 5,000 men, that didn't count women and children, after we fed 20,000 people, did I forget about you? How many baskets fulls of pieces did you pick up? 12, not 12 loaves, 12 basketfuls of pieces of bread. And don't you remember when I moved on your behalf and I provided for you? Verse 20, and when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, 16,000 people, again, because those are 4,000 men, not counting women and children, everybody ate. How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. What is he saying for them? I've always taken care of you. Why are you talking about having no bread? I fed 20,000 people twice, 20,000 people, 16,000 people, and you picked up 12 baskets and seven baskets. Do you think that, do you think that I can't now handle this fact that you only have one loaf? 
Look at what Jesus has done in your life. He has saved you. He's redeemed you. He's provided for you every day. He's been patient with you and I when we've been selfish, when we've walked away from him. He's, he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. Even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. Why are you worried about your life? Why do I get worried about my life? Don't you remember? Why do we have all these concerns when he has always taken care of us, always provided for us? Think back in your life about all those different times when you were going through different things. He brought you, he brought you through all of them. He brought you through every situation you ever had, every circumstance you ever had. Jesus brought you through it. Why are you talking about having no bread? Why are you worried about this and that and everything else? Don't you remember? You're talking about bread. We just left. They had just left feeding 20,000 people. They picked up 12 basketfuls. Why are you worried about not having enough bread? We live our lives, y'all, just worry. I do. You know, we're just consistently concerned about things when, when Jesus has got it and he's always had it and he's always provided for us. Verse 21, he said to them, do you still not understand? Do we still not understand? Jesus is trying to give us a profound principle. Like I said, this whole uh, eight verses revolves around verse 15 and we really do this day need to repent for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod we have in ourselves already because it will spread in us. It just continues to spread and, and, and you'll go from having a little bit of interest in the world to pretty soon you're consumed with the world and all you care about is the world and the things of the world and the people of the world and the affirmation of the world and the relationships of the world. That's the yeast of Herod where you should desire genuine and meaningful relationship in the kingdom of God and the word of God and the son of God and your brothers and sisters in Christ. He said to them, do you still not understand? All right, I think uh, you've listened to this now for 26 minutes. You and I should understand what he's saying here, right? And so again, our job is to, to look at this and Father, we do, we do acknowledge that how many times have we missed your word in our lives because we were focused on worldly things. Our Lord, we may have missed your word because we were, we were in a religious state, in a pharisaical state, Lord, where we were just focused on this outward performance when we, weren't, when we didn't really have an inward devotion and desire for you, Jesus. Father, I ask you to forgive us where we, where we have so consistently missed the word of God and the heart of God in our lives because we're concerned with not having enough bread, not having enough money, not having enough friends, not having enough influence, not having the, the best job. Forgive us, Lord, where we have um, just been consumed with these things and, 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 and we have missed your word, Lord. Father, I ask you to soften our hearts because our hearts have grown hard in, 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 in so many places, Lord. I ask you to soften our hearts. Holy Spirit, have mercy on us and soften our hearts. I ask you to give us eyes that see you, Jesus, 
and ears that hear you. And Lord Jesus, I do ask you to help us to remember all the goodness and all the favor and all the blessings that you've given us in our lives. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. Lord, we thank you that you, you bring us blessings so many times when we think, when we really think it's a problem, Lord. Lord, it seems you will often bless us out of things that, are, uh, that we find to be a problem. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that when we have missed something, when we have forgotten something, when we have done something wrong, Lord, that you're often in these times wanting to teach us. So I ask you to open our hearts, Father, that we would truly understand these things. Help us to genuinely and earnestly and simply repent to you, Father, where we have missed it. And uh, Lord, have mercy on us. Help us to remember your tremendous goodness and favor and provision in every aspect of our lives, Lord, you've brought us through. And Lord, we trust in you that that one day you will bring us home to you, Lord, or you will come to us. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word of God. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.